You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I are again joined by Ryan Atkinson, the president and co-owner of Smart Detailing for the second installment of a two-part episode arc talking about everything related to e-commerce and the specialty bike channel. What interesting trends are emerging in the bicycle e-commerce channel? What are the barriers that dealers will likely face for the remainder of the year? And how can they be overcome? Let's get into it. Well, this has been so fun so far, and I can't wait to keep the conversation going. Well, that was a fast week that just went by. <laughs> cool. <laughs> the magic of podcasting. Boom. The magic of it is magic every time. I'll tell you. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, Kelly and I started doing this many months before we ever launched it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everything. Trying to do it ourselves and edit and post all this stuff ourselves. It is not something I'm good at. Um, it is something that uh I would rather pay someone else and then have it go, wow, great, that is magic. Then um try to spend hours editing and cutting and it's not for me. You, you two are on your talent. Don't, don't, don't try to be anything other than that. Well, You're thank goodness calling. for, for Drew from push button productions. Yeah. sounds like we're actually smart and sometimes funny. Yeah. <laughs> Drew won't come on. He won't say a word. <laughs> no, he's back there. I'm sitting here. Looking. I, there, there he was. I hide non-participant videos. And so I'm just looking at you two, Ryan and Kelly. And I love that Drew comes on as like the voice of God every once in a while, just like the <laughs> the the podcasting authority who's not seen, but he's heard behind the curtain. Yeah, very fun. But yeah, quick week. Wow, we're back at it. So we were talking a lot about e-commerce last week and um, the the stickiness of consumer habits and ways that shops can position themselves in the marketplace to take advantage of new sales or maybe take advantage of opportunities to disseminate information in a way that will facilitate in-store sales later and build stronger connections with their customers uh, and and be able to you know make it through challenging markets we'll say and so that's sort of where we'll pick up now um, let's let's start with the the fun question Ryan. What are some interesting trends you've seen in your sales data? This could be over the last couple of years since the pandemic. This could be something you're just interested in now, but I know that you have a lot of data snacks and I'd, I'd love to hear what, what you think is interesting right now. Yeah. And and I I've told you this privately, but I'm so happy to have you as a data nerd friend um, <laughs> because you're the only one who really cares to talk about this, these things. With Our me. millions of listeners are also ready. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kelly, we just don't hang out as much. I mean, Patrick and I were. Well, damn. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well but we, that, we can, that can change today. Yeah, we can. Yes, change. yes, yes. Well, so, you know, Pat, Patrick, I always start with search because again, that's, that, that a that is the most timely indicator of what is likely happening in the consumer space. G Google can serve up data on a daily basis that helps you you get some sort of signal of what is coming from a sales point of view. And um, you know, overall search within you know I think last episode I mentioned that I I look at two key keywords or phrases and that's bike shop and best bike and those are those are the I'll drill down endlessly into in e-bike and mountain bike. and uh, But if I'm going to look at two things every Monday morning, it's it's those two numbers. 
2023, is that right? We're in 2023? Yep. Does time even matter anymore? Um, <laughs> uh, it's holding steady. Like really the last couple of years, yeah. yes, we all want the market to be growing. But mm -hmm. what we want more than that is for it to not drastically retreat. And, and yeah. it has not, it has, it is, it is holding steady. And that's, that is great news from my standpoint, because when you look at everything that's happening in the, in the universe of, of the IBD channel, having consumers interested in the product or to pull product through the channel is like, everything is dependent on that. Now I did mention in the last episode that the rate, the, the, the relationship between bike shop and best bike is changing, which is a signal that consumers are, um, uh, focused more on the product to buy and less the, the, the place that they're going to buy it. And so that's really noteworthy yeah. that, that that trend has continued. Um, we follow that kind of chain from search down to traffic. And so across our network, and we're about 1,300 bike shops um, across the U.S. and Canada, um, year to date through the end of August, um, bike shop visits have been down 13%. So con consumers clicking through to bike shop websites is down. Now mm. that the, the, the year to date number doesn't really tell the full story because Q1 was, was not strong this year and it was relatively yeah. strong last year. So that vector was a little too high, but as we, as the year progressed, June reached almost parity with last year. So the, the year has been steadily getting better in terms of consumers visiting um, shop sites, which is very promising. Top line sales followed a similar uh, trend in improvement, but didn't reach parity. And I think we all know why it is discounting. So average order value yeah. is really what has dropped. If you look at the number of products that have been purchased, uh, uh, especially in the kind of the April, May, June, like June, by our numbers, June, that, that was the best month relative to last year. July was certainly okay. stronger, but um, July was really strong last year as well. Um, during that period, the number of products that the consumers purchased was only down 4%. So again, it's the average order value that drove down total sales. Uh, mm. Orders, you know, total number of orders was only down 5%. Um, so you know, consumers are spending. It's just the inventory is of a, a, a lower value. Um, but then also looking at what's really, really promising, and that's add to cart rate. So we look at that okay. in terms of a signal of consumer intent. If you're shopping on a website, you see something you're interested in, how do you keep browsing while still making sure you don't forget where you're at? Obviously, you can open a new tab with the product, but most people will just put it into a shopping cart and then continue to browse. Whether the sale closes or not, and you might not win the sale for a variety of reasons, you know, price is probably most notable, but website functionality is one, free shipping levels. There's a lot, there's a lot of things that go into what an actual conversion is, but add to cart rate since April has been up 13% year over year. So you've got a lot oh, of wow. consumers who are visiting sites, they're adding things to carts, they're, they're converting relatively well, but again, it's a lot of discounted product, which pulls that sales number down. So the sales number just doesn't even come close to telling the whole story of what's happening in the market. So that's probably more than you wanted to know, but th those are the, no, that's the narrative that I see it. That's, that's so interesting. That's exactly what I wanted to know. Yeah. The, the discounting stuff, I think that we've all been feeling and, you know, like I, I know that's 
one of the big headlines in bike. I don't know, Kelly, how that affects your categories, but we've seen a lot of promotions and a lot of discounts across our industry. Um, interesting that you said that the two metrics that were relatively unchanged down four or 5% were the number of products purchased and the total number of orders. But that the uh, the total value of all that e-commerce is is down as a result of the the promotional pricing. Kelly, what what have you seen in in some of the the other outdoor categories? More of the same? Yeah, we're seeing it a lot actually, and and some of it's to get rid of a lot of inventory that was. And this is not just in bike, right? We're talking about all of outdoor. Yeah, yeah. This is to move a lot of inventory that's, that's basically taking up space. I mean, we've talked about the bullet effect incessantly on this on this podcast. So, you know, I don't think we need to rehash it, but you know, there's a, there, we've, there's some cleaning of the system that still needs to happen in, in outdoor. You know, and I think that the, I'm, I'm one of those people who thinks that it, right now discounting for, for my customers is, is somewhat healthy. Mm-hmm. And that is maybe a confusing statement because nobody really wants to discount but you'd yeah. rather discount now and flush the inventory through before it becomes so distressed that the price drops even further. And so flush it through. But then also for bike shops, the majority of shops, the majority of product they're buying right now is at a discounted wholesale price. So yes, you're you're seeing reduced margin dollars come in, but your margin percent is actually okay. You can't pay your bills off of a percent, but you're not in that situation you know so some retailers are stuck where they they overbought on bikes or certain categories when prices were higher but that's a minority now and so you know the distributors and suppliers take the bigger hit um but retailers on the whole are are navigating this to date okay there is still the question of what's the next shoe to drop um and um and i think especially as we get into the, the kind of holiday shopping season it'll be interesting to see if the discount profile changes what products mm-hmm. are discounted and and if um if those if those retail prices drop to the point where the dealers start to see a real hit to their re, their their percent margins on products that they bought earlier in the year and I, and I think that's one reason you see dealers being so conservative today because you know they've they've as some have told me that the the deals aren't going to get any worse than this. And so why not wait? Um, that if, if the price is going to change, you know, it's probably going to keep going down. And I, if I don't need to carry it, why not wait? Um, yeah. And I, yeah. And in certain aftermarket categories, I think that there's a worry that, you know, big buyers will start swooping in and, and negotiating one-off prices on, on product that's overstocked. And so no individual retailer would likely be able to compete with that. Uh, and those, the retail, that's going to show up at retail probably this holiday where you start to see some more categories at 60, 70% off online. Is that specifically in bike or across the board? I would, I would say it's, it's any, any industry that's seeing, um, uh, you know, still pockets of deep overstock. I mean, I, we only operate in bike with, you know, serving some bike shops that sell skis in the winter. But I think that you look at categories like helmets, it's not that all helmets are going to be deeply discounted. It's just that if certain brands and certain models are just so distressed, those are going to find their way to, to discount sellers as quickly as possible. And then it's, it's really not even that the dealer has that same helmet in stock. It's that their typically $99 helmet 
the comparable model is now available online for 40 bucks. Yeah. And so you're not going to be yeah. able to move your inventory. Yeah. Well, I've got to go. I've got to go shop at Sierra now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, um, we had a really good episode with Toby DePaw earlier this year talking about the retailer's point of view when it comes to this sort of discounting and how, um, it, yeah, it, it can be painful. Um, I, that's, that's a little bit of what you touched on, Ryan. It's like it, you take a little bit of a hit and it might not be as bad because the relative margins are, are still similar, but, um, but how this could be an opportunity still to create and manage relationships with folks who are like excited that they now have a helmet because they weren't able to afford the hundred dollar helmet, but they can afford a $40 helmet. And if they come in with their $40 helmet, they need a, a flat fixed um, to meet them with that same level of excitement and stoke that they're spending time on their bike and build that relationship and get them to come to the shop ride and then sell them on the next thing. You know, that that there is a long play here once we get through the the rough, dis- what could be a potentially rough period of of discounting. Yeah. And, and you know, predicting the future, I mean, I'm, I'm not particularly good at it. I mean, if you and I probably talked in December, January, you know, and mm-hmm. I I was not super optimistic about the consumer um, retail environment and I was completely wrong. It's been a really strong summer from a retail standpoint. Um, But I'm with Toby. You know, I think that um, that's where the market's at now. Take advantage of the opportunities that are there, but at a bare minimum, don't shake your fist at the clouds because it is reality. And we, we, you have to operate your business within the context of reality. Um, And so make sure you're fighting for attention. Otherwise, it's not just going to be lost margin. It's going to be lost sales. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this leads into my next question, which is like a two-parter. Um, what are the barriers facing dealers Q3, Q4 of this year? We, we already touched on that a little bit, but then the follow-up is how can smart detailing help dealers navigate those barriers? Mm-hmm. I don't like this, but the, 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 the the biggest barrier is still the big unknowns about what's going to happen with the consumer. Um, and, and what's hard about that is that it's completely outside of any of our control. I mean, it's just this monolith that um, is somewhat disconnected from rational thinking and seem seemingly, you know, but there are some signals around, um, you know, slowing spending, increasing consumer debt, uh, changing sentiments mixed between, um, you know, travel versus, you know, uh, consumer goods spending, the the you know, the political environment is starting to ramp up. So there's 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 more uncertainty, which we're all going to have to be really comfortable with. So I suppose mm-hmm. maybe maybe a barrier would be, do you have a solid meditation practice? Because there's going to be there's going to be so <laughs> much uncertainty for the next six months. Are you prepared to cope with that? But even more practically, is your business nimble enough to cope with it? You know, are you are you putting together reasonable sales forecasts and matching your inventory with it? Um, are you getting the most out of your your staffing levels? You know, do you, um, you know, are you having good conversations with your bank about your line of credit and are you, all your suppliers, you know, working with you on, um, uh, you know, term pay, terms of payment plans? So you know, look for the things you can control in the environment of all that uncertainty. Um, it is highly likely that it is going to be a a very promotional last half of the year. It's, yeah, there's no reason that that's going to change. It's it started in February. It's not going to slow down. I think you can expect it to start hitting slightly different categories. I think that consumers are starting to get really numb to any discounts below 20 percent. 
So you're going to see the discount percent start to rise. Um, uh, and so I think that, you know, re retailers should prepare themselves for that, but not necessarily in the form of retreat. I think it is, it has been common for me to see that when the marketing environment gets competitive, independent bike shops tend to retreat from that. I, you know, I, mm. I'm worried about uh, not hitting my sales forecast. I'm going to, I'm going to immediately cut my marketing budget. And that is, that, that just, that, that is not the right choice to make because you're basically, you know, you're, you're cutting back some expense at some of your expenses at the cost of sales growth. So you really have to keep yeah. putting yourself out there and can be competing for the sales. So that, that's something that kind of we're alert to, but really want to make sure your retail listeners are aware if you are not doing anything from a marketing standpoint, the market conditions are going to be amplified for you. So you really have to stay out there and engaged. And I think that, you know, from an inventory standpoint is really, you know, learning how do you hit that? How do you hit your sales goal with as lean inventory as possible? And so that's going to be on the sales floor, really creative merchandising on your website is going to be leveraging your suppliers. And so to the second part of your question, how do we help that? Uh, those two things, but the, the number one is the, uh, you know, taking advantage is that of you lead meditation life. practices on YouTube, right? That's what it is. Meditation. That's what you're Googling right now. Yeah. yeah. No, that I I'm saying that you offer meditation via YouTube yeah. videos yeah. to, yeah. It's very simple. Just some, you know, just take five <laughs> deep breaths. That's good. Yeah. I would watch that um, video. Uh, but the, the connected supply chain, like you're, mm -hmm. You need to run your your inventory levels lean, but you don't. That doesn't mean you have to forfeit sales opportunities. We we have everything that is available at all of your suppliers. We have it pre-built in the catalog. If you just check the box that says "Show Vendor A's Inventory," we'll show it. And so the consumer, when they visit your website, sees this huge selection. When they search online, yeah. they see they can get a huge selection from you, even if they walk to the store. It's leaner than you what you would what you, what you typically have. So where can we help? That's the number one way. And if you want to try and seek out growth in this market, bolt on Google ads, which we can run for you. You know, it's no extra charge from us. Um, if you're on one of our pro packages to enable drop mm -hmm. shipping. So pair the Google ads with drop shipping. You, you can, you can, you can see revenue growth without changing the, 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 cost profile of your business from an inventory standpoint. Uh, and then the second piece is marketing. So that's, you know, about, uh, about 400 bike shops around the country use us as their marketing partner. And that's everything from the very basics of just merchandising your website. So when a consumer visits, yeah. they have a good experience up through email marketing and Google advertising. So if you don't know where to turn or you don't have the bandwidth or the expertise, just trust us. We're, we're good at what we do. We, we produce results. And so, you know, just delegate. I, I like that. Yeah. One of um, like one of the core tenets of economics is the specialization of labor. And if I'm really good at this task and you're good at a different task, then we should do those different tasks instead of each doing half of both of the tasks. Right. Okay. And um, yeah, but that's delegate. hard for small business owners. Small business oh, owners yeah, no, they are because they could do everything. It, that's exactly right. And, and wearing all those hats worked in, until a certain point. But after after you hit a threshold, um, delegating to those experts 
that that's how you're going to set yourself apart from your peers. And ideally experts you can trust. And I think if we do nothing else well, we, we are yeah. trustworthy people. And so, and, and that's what we are. We're a technology company, but it's basically just people who have a technology that helps us do what we do. So even yeah, you have amazing. to build relationships with your clients? Oh, they, we're coming back. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And we have to know our clients, which yeah. means we have to have data on our clients. You do have to have data uh, for your clients. But yeah, that's, again, we said earlier, like all we do is bike shops. And so it means we have a shorthand. So it, you're, yes, I'm very proud to call hundreds of bike shop owners friends. And uh, and I think anyone on our company would say the same thing. But even somebody we've never worked with before, you can cut through all the crap because like we know the basics of your business and uh, we speak the same language. And so it's just so much more efficient for a shop. Yeah. yeah. Would it be so if I was to, if I was thinking about opening a new bike shop, I could just I could come to you and we could do a lot of plug and play, couldn't we? Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, it, we like to think you, you rent your space, order your sign, call smart detailing um, because it's it's it's. Once you connect with us, we can take care of the rest. Um, we'll take we <laughs> for those. <laughs> uh, Kelly neglected to realize she was in an audio medium and 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 pantomime. We've never had a video component. It's it's never stopped her. <laughs> never stopped her. What do you think all the laughter is really about? <laughs> yeah, She's mining, picking up her phone. Yeah. And so what we do, we we make sure you can have a website for only forty nine dollars a month. So with that the bikes that you carry are automatically displayed online. So you, the, the, where you have the most of your inventory dollars tied up, take advantage of everything that we just talked about from an e-commerce standpoint. And then you can build on that depending on how many other, how, how more products you want to sell, what kind of revenue to uh, potentially you want to unlock. Um, so we, so for a startup, please just give us a call. We're going to be your best partner. What if I wanted to do online only? Could I do that? You know, we are we do not do that. Um, so we are committed to the what we define as an as an IBD or an independent bike shop. Now that definition changes a little bit over time, you know, because especially with more of a focus on service. Um, but we still believe that the best way we can contribute to a healthy cycling ecosystem is to nurture independent local bike shops because we see them as a valuable part of the cycling community. And so we want all of our efforts to go to helping make sure that they're sustainable and competitive uh, as the market changes. That makes sense. It really is literally where the rubber meets the road. Absolutely. A question about service. Uh, I'm seeing a couple of instances in which um, a a bike shop service has actually split off and become their own company, their own separate organization. And I've, I've got that happening in my hometown and they're, what they're trying to do is make it more convenient. They'll come and pick up my bike. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a neat little service, but I'm wondering, you know, does, how does your system work for the service side of a business? I think we try to make it, I think we try to make it very convenient for consumers. I mean, it's really easy. You know, we have templates, we can help you build, um, you know, service menu pages, easy to embed videos if you want to explain uh, what you do, we have a, a service appointment scheduling tool built right in. And so you can have uh, drop-off appointments scheduled. Um, I'm a big fan of cross-selling as a service writer. So you also, you know, put the common repair items on, encourage customers to um, purchase accessories online. We have a quotes feature so that if a, if a customer requests a, an appointment, um, you can schedule a call in advance, go over the repair. You can send them a pre-populated shopping cart, basically saying if you 
you know, go ahead and check out with all these things and then I'll have them here and waiting for you when you come in. So there's different ways for you to use our technology to try and um, offer a more personalized service. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Innovation has been sort of the keyword since the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, and sales went nuts. Everybody was was just having a lovely time. But now I'm starting to see some innovation coming into the market. Are you seeing any any innovative products or services that, you know, through your system that you could talk about? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about something big, like what if we did go to a, a bike lease system or what do you got? What are you seeing out there? Well, I'm, let me babble while I think of an example, but I think one of the things that I really appreciate about the IBD network is the resiliency that comes from having thousands of entrepreneurs trying to solve problems in micro markets. How do I compete on my street corner? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and out of that is good ideas emerge that end up getting replicated through peer networks. Um, and so I expect to see more of that. I think that there is a lot happening in the service space right now um, around, um, yeah, I think a lot of the focus is on how do I fetch more value per hour? Um, and so ways of packaging up service, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to recall an example precisely, but I did speak with a retailer the other day who was talking to me about how they have, um, oh gosh darn it, loyal customers get a discounted rate, so that they, they end up having a, oh, a higher rate that's listed, um, but then you know you'd like join a loyalty program or something and you get a discounted rate, so it it's still a market competitive rate, but it's a way to get more more loyalty. But the, the example that comes to mind, you know, I I don't know if it's exactly what you're asking, but I'm one of the clients we work with that, I, that I'm most proud to call a client right now. I won't mention by name, but they are, when you walk through the door, when you go to their social media, they are what most bike shops dream of being from a cultural standpoint from a, how well the stores merchandise the refined selection a really premium specialty product it's the cool shop like <laughs> you know, as a white guy with a beard i want to go shop there but they also have a really robust google advertising camp you know, uh, program and so they're doing millions of dollars a year off of selling you know drop shipping products uh through google shopping and they use that revenue to fund this super boutique wonderful local bike shop and so for me i consider that innovative because historically our customers who have been most successful are what you would expect the big multi-store regional chains those are the ones who mm -hmm. kind of see the opportunity and have the capital but this retailer just recognized that i can I can live in both spaces and I can do more in this space that I am, that, that, that is why I started my business. But when I'm super strapped for resources, I, I can't do everything I want. So I'm going to gather resources over here. And, and I just, I love that. Yeah. I love that too. That's fascinating. Yeah. How cool. Um, and if you're listening, I, you, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you That's know. Funny. Yeah. Well, Ryan, let me offer you one more opportunity, like plug anything from the smart detailing side before we wrap up. But you've been such an amazing guest. I want to make sure that um, you're able to like 
Yeah, we'll, we'll put links in the episode description, but anything else you want folks to know about smart detailing before we wrap? Well, we're, we're good people. And if you, you work at a supplier and you want to know more about how you can activate um, your retail partners uh, effectively online, give us a call, learn about what we can do. If you're a bike shop, there's nobody more on your side than we are. Um, we're exclusively focused on helping your business succeed. And so I'd love for you to give us a chance. Um, our technology is proven. It's highly capable. We can produce results for your business and it's only going to get better. We're venturing into some new spaces to try and bring you even more efficiency. Um, and so, you know, keep an eye on, um, the headlines in the coming months, because you're going to see some exciting new things coming from smart detailing. And I can't wait for you to learn about them. I'm I'm Perfect. tempted I'm tempted to grill you right now, you know, to see if I can figure out what it is you're planning. I also used okay. to shave all my Christmas <laughs> presents when I found them too, so that's just me. Yeah, the, 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 the few people I've let in on the secret are not surprised because it, 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 we're moving in a logical direction. Yeah, I probably, I can probably smell out where you're going, but yeah, you probably figured um, it out. You know. we'll do it. We'll do that <laughs> off air. We'll do that off air. I'm just gonna set up a Google search on it. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, I can't thank you enough for spending not just one, as we asked, but two episodes um, talking with us. And, and anytime you need data nerds to talk to about fun and exciting trends, we're the crew. So we are. thank yeah, you. Yeah, you can call me too. I'm kind of chopped liver, but I'm pretty. <laughs> this was a delight. And Patrick, <laughs> I think we should invite Kelly into our inner circle for our, yes, our uh, yes. off air nerd fests. Yeah. That's it. Perfect. This was a ton of fun. Thank you both for uh, inviting me to join and um, great conversation. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.